and welcome to Podcast Our Wonderful, episode 30. I am your host, Greggy Hochstetler, and today we're going to be talking about, with special guest Lauren Lapkus, uh, featuring Joe Winger and Lauren Lapkus. But first, tonight we're going to be talking, well, not tonight, anytime you're listening to this, I guess, uh, we're going to be talking to my guest. You know him as one of the foremost wrestlers in the world, a huge movie star in one of the biggest movies of the year. Actually, probably one of the biggest movies of all time. The number I heard about the box office for this thing was crazy uh, recently. Anyway, please welcome to the show, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Welcome, Dwayne. Hello, people. And hello, Greggy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, It's not often we get just a guest of your stature on the show. Now, do you mean physically or money-wise? I have a lot of statures we could be talking about. You've got all the best statures. Stacks on stacks of statures. Money, uh, celebrity. You're in a lot of movies and stuff. You beat up a lot of people. You're one of the That's best. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've beat up, um, you know, The Undertaker, Triple H, a lot of those guys. But also, you know, big fights with Vin Diesel and uh, some other big action stars like uh, Brendan Fraser type. Uh, so, you know, I've really done it all, Greggy, and I'm, I'm just so happy to uh, add podcasting to the list now. It seems like I'm trying to take over every other type of entertainment and media. This is the only one I haven't tackled yet, and uh, but I'm a big fan of yours. So uh, I decided the first one I want to do is right here on Podcasts Are Wonderful. So happy to be here. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you so much. So you brought up that you've been in flights with Vin Diesel and Brendan Fraser. Uh, who is tougher out of those two, would you say? Fraser. Um, yeah, I mean, you, all the talk about Ali Frazier, that legendary fight, you know, he, he, he really, uh, has set the tone for actors, uh, that wanted to delve into professional fighting of certain kinds. So, you know, you have that legendary fight. Uh, there's of course, uh, several in, uh, Encino man, you know, the, the world didn't take too kindly to him. Uh, they weren't ready and he wasn't ready, you know, for, for where he woke up. You know, all those things, you know, trials, tribulations, these add to a guy uh, like him or myself uh, that would, uh, you know, parlay into the world of beating people up. So I would say Brendan Fraser easily, handily uh, victorious over Vin Diesel in any type of brouhaha. Okay, so this has nothing to do with you, but I just think it's ironic that in Encino Man, Brendan Fraser, it was a caveman that got frozen. Mm -hmm. But then when he goes to wheeze the juice with uh, Pauly Shore... He gets a giant brain freeze. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right. You would you think know. his brain would be used to that. I don't want to say it's a plot hole for Encino Man, but maybe if they would have gotten one more draft, they would have uh, realized that that didn't need to be in there. And now if you look at some of his other career too, and I'm a big Frasier head, so you know, I know a little bit. I did pass the bar as far as he's concerned. And um, Brendan, he also starred in a movie called Blast from the Past, which uh, dealt with a lot of time travel as well. Seems as if he's unhappy in his own time. I'm wondering if uh, he would have been better off being born a long time ago or in the future. That's possible. Uh, maybe people just think he has kind of uh, the looks of a bygone era or something like that. So they keep casting him in these things. I think you make a good point there. But we have gone far down on the Brendan Fraser path. I don't want to tell you how to host your show. Yeah, that's true. But I want to talk about him a little bit more because it's it's funny that uh, he has been in several. Oh boy, you should have had him on, huh? Well, no, we we don't get along. But it is funny that he's been in several movies that have kind of a, a time travel theme. But in each one, he just goes through time, you know, in a, in a normal uh, way. He doesn't have any kind of a, like a magical time machine taking him forward. In one, he's frozen. In one... He just lives underground for a long time. Right. Very natural way so that when he comes up, he can be a dummy. That's a great point. Yeah. And I, and I love that aspect of it. Oh, sure. He pisses me off. I mean, <laughs> I know a little bit about comedy myself. I hosted SNL multiple times. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Who is your favorite SNL cast member? Um, probably Jay Farrow. Oh, definitely. Yeah. What is your favorite sketch he does? Uh, well, we did a uh, we did one recently. Um, we did a uh, a fake trailer for a, a Bambi movie coming out. It had the the same cast as Furious Seven, and uh, Jay Farrow played two characters. That's why I think he's uh, you know really good. 
um, a, a really good cast member. He, he can play more than one character. He's like a modern uh, and, Eddie Murphy. Right, right, right. And when you, you know, when you're out there um, hosting SNLs, you have multiple times as well. It's like you, me, Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, uh, the, you know, that group that we hang out. You got to be able to play, you know, on the same night, I don't know, four or five different characters. That's a common misconception. I never hosted SNL. Um, no. I did do a, several Mad TVs. I, I really like oh, that. That's right. With the coffee eyes, he had like uh, like glasses on that made his eyes look really big and puffed out. My, my good friend Michael McDonald played that character, I believe. Okay, yeah, he was always drinking coffee, and uh, mm-hmm. that really struck a chord with me because um, I don't drink coffee, but I do drink a lot of Pepsi Max, and that does contain uh, caffeine. I'm a total coffee addict, Greggy. Um, in my house, you know, in, when I'm in the ring, uh, I say it a little something. I don't know. Your fans might know this one. Um, smell what the rock is cooking, but, uh, when I, when I, yeah, I don't know. You, you probably haven't heard that one. It's not one of my more well-known catchphrases, but when I'm at home just by myself, uh, I say I can smell what the rock is brewing Uh, and it's a, it's a dark (laughs) roast. Um, I, I do prefer, uh, you know, a more bold taste. So what are like three other of your more famous catchphrases than can you smell what the rock is cooking? Can you taste what the rock's pouring? I do that when, you know, there's like lemonade or, again, coffee or a dark oh, okay. roast that I really like. There's a, can you see how the rock's dancing? Um, <laughs> I, I do that one if I'm like out at a disco or if, you know, me and Brendan are out on the town. And then there's also, uh, can you feel the love tonight is my last one. Yeah, I, I remember all three. I've got t-shirts of each of those. Yeah, they made T-shirts where if you pressed it on a certain part of the T-shirt, it would it would use my voice and it would say it out loud, um, so people would know you're a fan. And then you can also freak out old people. So let's talk about your muscles for a second, okay? I'd love to. Yeah, sure. I'm you an got, open book. You got muscles like all over the place, like all over your body. You got these big giant muscles. Yes, they say I have muscles in places other people don't have places. That's a really funny thing that people say about you. So did you get those the natural way, like working out? Or did you like inject yourself with that weird liquid stuff that uh, people in Russia are always buffing out with? I I don't know much about the Russian culture. Uh, If you're talking about steroids, that's how I did it. Oh, It's just a, a, a ton of anabolic steroids. That was, you know, it was that. And then I also have an intake of about uh, 60,000 calories per day on slow days. But I, I, I mostly attribute it to, you know, cycles and cycles uh, over years of time of uh, hardcore anabolic steroids. I think more people should just put in the work, put in the steroids and uh, really get buff like you. These people, they, they, they inject themselves with this stuff and it's just like bags of liquid that are hanging on their bodies. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it's not a great look. So I, I assumed that wasn't you, but I, I don't know. I thought maybe you had like a a trainer that knew how to do that the right way. Oh, sure. Properly. You know, I, I've had a lot of trainers over time. Um, you know, me and Paul used to do steroids together in the, you know, in the, the late nineties. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, you may know him as, um, but Paul, he's a real sweetheart. Uh, and we'd inject each other. You know, it, you really got to have a buddy through those things because if not, you can really go off the rails. And uh, he was really there for me during that time. Okay. Dwayne. Yeah. You might not like this question. Feel free not to answer it. But is it true what they say about steroids and a man's, you know, his testicles, Dwayne? You start to pee orange? Yeah, you start to pee orange and also your testicles become smaller. Oh, I haven't experienced the testicle thing. Um, I, of course, was born with testicles about the size of a marble. Um, And that's one marble of both testicles. So, um, you know, I haven't noticed any big difference there, (laughs) Um, lack of a better term. Uh, But I did start peeing orange around 2002, I'd say. But that was after six years of, you know, hardcore steroid use. These things happen. Right. And uh, if you want to stay on top of your game, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. I'm willing to make the sacrifices necessary. You know, just recently I uh, took a pay cut for uh, Furious 7. So, you know, that that just shows you that I'm willing to, you know, do what's best for a team, um, do what's best for me and, you know, the family that I never see. Why did you have to take a pay cut for that movie? Something about me, uh, you know, having a conflict of interest, they said. 
Um, something about me just quote unquote laying in a bed the whole movie. Um, you know, to me, it's all hearsay. It's, you know, he said, she said, uh, I was willing to do it. I love those guys. We're a family. You know, if I can get a couple more bucks in a Tyrese's pocket or a Ludacris's pocket, I say, why not? You know, I've got other things going on. That's a great, that's a great attitude. I think you should have gotten paid extra just for when you broke out of that cast. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, um, no, no frills there. No camera tricks. No, uh, no, no movie magic on that one. That was straight up. Yeah, I broke my arm. Uh, actually, all my limbs. They only put a cast on one of them, but all four limbs uh, were completely broken. And uh, they, that was just one of my typical flexes. Uh, they didn't ask me to do that. Uh, but, you know, I figure, you know, this is kind of like an action improv. I can, you know, create something on my own here. Uh, so I just decided to, you know, I saw I saw a gentleman in the background and I said, OK, he's kind of cute. Uh, and I decided to just flex my arm as, as, as uh, you know, hard as I could to impress the guy. Uh, and there it was. The cast just came right off. You know, as far as any lines I may have said before or after that, that was all off the top of the dome as well. Um, sort of off cuff, uh, not part of the script. But it, you know what? If they want to use it, that's fine with me. Uh, and I'm fine with the payday I got at the end of the day. So how much of those Fast and Furious movies are written and how much is improv? Oh, it's all improv. Um, you know, they, they pretty much bring, you know, me, Vin, Paul, uh, you know, out to a location uh, and we just sort of uh, while out, as uh, Nick Cannon would say, or, or maybe Rihanna. And uh, so, for instance, the scene, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll just dive right into exactly what happens in the film uh, with the three towers. Uh, mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, that was all, you know, off the cuff. Uh, we were in that building at a gala. Um, I guess there were cameras there. I don't know. Paul and Vin snuck off into a back room. Um, you, of course, don't see me in the film. I was, uh, you know, downstairs. Uh, I, I actually drove a car through three buildings uh, as well that day, but it was sort of on the lower level. So it wasn't as, you know, flashy as those two. Uh, so, you know, they, they go through the, the buildings up top. I'm going down below. But, you know, they didn't show everything. And I'm cool with that. Again, they wanted to give me a pay cut. And uh, I just have to be fine with that. It was epic, though, the people who saw it. Maybe it's on YouTube somewhere. I would love to see that. And it's great watching the behind the scenes for those movies because uh, you see you guys out on the set and, you know, they, they build a set around you and that kind of gives you an idea of what the scene is going to be. But then you you actually go to the crew and you say, OK, give me a location. And they say, uh, a, a mobster's hideout. You say, OK, well, uh, what is the thing somebody would do at a mobster's hideout? Oh, steal their cars. And, you know, so that you guys build these scenes up uh, just from these suggestions and you would never know it watching the movie. It all comes together so naturally. Yeah, uh, we do have a live audience with us whenever we do film um, and we do take suggestions. So we were in that mobster's hideout. Uh, you could see there was a ton of people there. Uh, and uh, Vince stood up in front of everybody and said, OK, we need uh, three suggestions and we'll work a scene off of that. Uh, one guy says building. Uh, three other people said car. Um, and I think that was all that he went with. Once he heard that, he was like, okay, car, we're good with that. I, and I find that every time that we do that, we might just have audiences around us that really like cars because car just keeps getting said. It's one of those uh, often said improv words. It's like how Matt Besser is always, you know, talking about people saying, you know, foods or whatever. People must be hungry all the time. Yeah. People are always thinking about their cars. Yeah, just cars on the mind at all times. Just uh, uh, somebody say their minds are revving. <laughs> That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And I heard uh, Ludacris wasn't even supposed to be in those movies, but somebody happened to say Ludacris is one of the suggestions, so they got him in there. Yeah, no, in in the uh, in Fast and Furious, the the first one, um, you know, I'm not a super deep expert on that one because I wasn't part of it, of course. But yeah, at one point during the film. Um, you know, Vin and Paul are up there, they're doing their thing. And we, you know, when you start them, they just go, go, go like, like they're a car. Um, and, uh, you know, Vin, Vin's up there and he's saying, okay, we need more suggestions, new suggestions. Like we've done a ton of car stuff for this movie already. We, we need something different. <laughs> the audience just keeps coming back. Car, car, car. And all of a sudden he said, this is ludicrous. And, uh, just a little, I, it, and I was there that day. Uh, and uh, there was just a little twinkle in Paul's eye and I could say, you know what? I don't know if Vin's coming back for the next one. I know Paul is, and I know who's coming with them. Yeah, um, yeah and you know, of course, the rest is uh, the rest is history. It was Tyrese. 
So you got into the show, you got into the movies because Vin saw your work with the Groundlings in Chicago uh, as, you, as you were coming up. Um, you, you had been doing movies, of course, and the wrestling, but that's kind of an improv thing as well. But uh, you were coming up through the Groundlings at the time. Vin saw you while he was in Chicago. And the rest was history, right? Yeah, I started with the Beachlings in Miami, moved on to the Ground Links in Chicago. Um, that's where I started uh, the Smell with the Rock, Yes, Ending. Um, and that became sort of a sensation there. Uh, I was doing one one night. And uh, yeah, so the writers of Fast and Furious saw me, um, which are Vin and Paul, of course, because they make it all up. And they said, you know, we need a little kick. You know, the two of us have been out for a couple of these movies. Um, you know, we we're both back for the fourth one. We need a little kick in the rear. Uh, who better than this guy? He's chock full of steroids, even more than you, Vin. Uh, and, and, you know, that, it was a perfect fit. It was natural as soon as they saw me, um, you know, and I got up on stage and they got up on stage. And, uh, you know, we asked some, uh, you know, suggestions from the audience and they said, car, car, car. Uh, and we just went right into it. We started filming that day. That's an amazing story. So uh, you started off as a football player. Uh, we've talked a lot about the rules of football on the podcast in the past. How did football set you up for the rest of your career, do you think? Uh, I owe it all to Ray Lewis, my teammate uh, on the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, sweet kid. Uh, real sweet kid. Uh, I sort of lost track of him, but one day he came up to me and said, man, you're a killer. You know, you ought to be, you ought to be killing people. Uh, you should help me kill people. You know, I, I heard that and it really resonated with me. I said, this guy, he really knows what he's doing. Um, you know, he's going to be in the NFL. I might not make it there. But, you know, I, I took a suggestion. So I, you know, I went back home, uh, talked to my grandfather, uh, 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 High Chief Peter Maivia. Uh, I talked to my father, Rocky Johnson. I said, uh, you know, I talked to my teammate. He said, I got to be killing people. How, how can I do this? Uh, and, you know, they were both wrestlers. So uh, naturally, I just sort of got into it that way. You know, I, I was sort of reaching for uh, guns and knives and some of the things that Ray was talking about. But they, you know, they, you know, they're one track guys, you know, they couldn't think of anything else but wrestling. And uh, so there I was, uh, you know, in the ring uh, with Vince McMahon. And uh, again, I, I, I kept going to the guys and say, OK, when are we going to kill? When are we going to kill people? Uh, and they just, you know, kept training me on stunts. You went into wrestling. Ray Lewis went into uh, making music with Macklemore. Mm -hmm. Which do you think is harder, the rap game or the wrestling game? You know, which is more dangerous, I guess I would say. Well, you may not know this, Greggy, but uh, I had a little dabble in the rap game myself. A uh, little hit called It Doesn't Matter. I was actually Wyclef going to bring John. that up in a little bit. <laughs> uh, that, that song with Wyclef John. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I had that, that record. Uh, because I'm a, a I'm a, a big rap fan, mm -hmm. and uh, I enjoyed Wyclef's first album, The Carnival, quite a lot. So when he brought out this new one, I had to have a piece of it. And uh, you know, the rest of the album is so-so, uh, but then you get those pipes of uh, a Dwayne The Rock Johnson yelling, it doesn't matter, once in a while. That's right. Um, yeah, my literal music to my ears. <laughs> that was a, that was another improv. Um, me and Wyclef got out there, uh, and, and he said, "Hey, Rock, uh, I want you to get on this track." Um, and all I got to know beforehand is uh, the water on set. Do you want Aquafina or Dasani? And I said, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what type of water we have." And uh, they, he actually just used that. I, I never, I never made it on onto uh, into the studio. They just, you know, took that. See, a lot of these things that I'm saying here of my entire career, it's pretty happenstance. You know, it, it really just uh, uh, all falls into place. All I've ever really wanted to do was kill people because Ray Lewis told me to. Uh, it just a career got out of it. So you know, good for me. Good for life. So would you say that that? Killing people uh, instruction given to you by Ray is also why you're in all these action movies where you shoot people all the time. Yeah, but you do notice that in uh, a few of my films, uh, I don't use guns. Well, yeah, because you've got those big honking muscles. You just punch people. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's like they say uh, in a lot of these scenes, you might notice it's daytime. And, uh, you know, when the suns are out, don't wear sleeves. 
and yeah, so I, I didn't need to use guns because uh, everybody kept saying to me, Rock, you got guns. You ought to put that on a tank top, actually. When the sun is out, don't wear sleeves. <laughs> yeah, uh, a tank top, definitely the best choice uh, if you're going to use those words. Definitely the best clothing choice. Or maybe a, like a crop top, that would be good. Or maybe like uh, you like break a couple ribs, so you just need to wrap some tape around your your abs and just write it on there. That's a good idea. Yeah. You don't have it. None of those tapes say things on them. You could put all kinds of catchphrases on uh, that kind of tape, like uh, the kinesiology tape that you might put on your muscles. Catchphrases on pretty much anything, actually. It's a wild misuse of uh, of ad space. When I broke my arm, or all my limbs, rather, uh, in Furious 7, as we talked about, uh, I kept saying, hey, guys, can we get, like, Valvoline written on here? Uh, <laughs> is there any way that we can maybe get a WWE logo? I was, like, kicking back with those fellas. You know, they, I, I threw a couple of suggestions out there, uh, and they said, no, uh, the only thing we're allowed to advertise in these movies uh, is Corona beer. And uh, I'm not a Corona man myself. Uh, I like a nice Belgian. So uh, that I didn't do for the cast. But yeah, they talk Corona a lot. That's cool. That's fine. Uh, you know, that's their prerogative. Uh, if they would have let me put a Belgian beer label on uh, all of my casts, or, or just, even if it's just the one that I break open, uh, that's what I would have done. Would have been a lot better that way. I'm always saying I wish there were more ads in my movies that I'm watching. You know, it's about time that we really start to chalk them full. There are very, very, very few places where you don't find ads these days. Uh, and I say the places that you don't find them, can we fill them up, please? Exactly. So Vin Diesel got to be in that Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Do you do you think you might ever be in any of these superhero movies? I'm not really into it. I sort of consider myself a superhero. Uh, I'm certainly not a human of this earth, but, you know, I'd like to do it. Uh, Paul, again, you know, he's he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, uh, my favorite film of all time, uh, The Chaperone with, with Paul Levesque, uh, Triple H. Uh, you know, he was actually the first choice for the Guardians of the Galaxy role. You know, he they said, we want a buff guy in here. Uh, what about Triple H? But, you know, he's he likes more of like the indie films, you know, like, uh, you know, ones made by, uh, you know, his father-in-law. And it just didn't work out that way. They said, OK, who's our second choice? Uh, I don't know. We got the we got the kid from Parks and Rec. Maybe we can get him to be a buff guy. But, you know, as far as me for the superhero role, unless they were going to make the actual character, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I don't know if I'd do it. That would be an amazing movie, actually. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a superhero and you could like fly and stuff and it was otherwise a pretty grounded movie but you did have superpowers beyond yeah. just being amazingly you know buff and strong in a way since all my films are just them putting cameras on my actual life i guess that is what all my movies are so you played football you were a wrestler you uh had that improv career you uh moved into movies you hosted a reality television show. Mm -hmm. uh, what What's next for Dwayne The Rock Johnson? What do, what do you have your sights set on for the future? I was thinking podcasting. Oh, boy. So you're going to take it over, huh? Like you have all the movies. Well, you know, for me, it's not about taking things over. It's just, you know, making sure no one else can be successful. If you go to my IMDb, you'll see I have about 28, uh, 28 films in the works. So, you know, just just making sure that nobody else like me uh, or doing the same thing as me can get any work. That's really all I'm in it for. Uh, as far as, quote unquote, taking over, uh, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Uh, I'm just trying to please the millions and millions of my fans uh, without letting the millions and millions of regular people in the world have any of the money. If you got your wish, there would be no more movies from here on. It would just be the few that you've made and all the rest of them would be, you know, stricken from the record or whatever. Right. We're going to have fast five through seven. Uh, and then any other ones that we plan to do, we're going to eliminate everything. We're going to start with Billy Crystal. I got to get him off the books. Uh, he's just the anti Dwayne and I can't have him on any movie screen. So those are going to have to be stricken first, as you say. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd like it to just be my movies, my podcasts that I will do. Maybe me and my life partner, Steve, uh, can come up with our own podcast. Uh, you know, we've been through a lot together, so I think there's probably a lot to talk about. So what would your podcast be about? Um, maybe just about, like, the different matches that we've had, uh, me and Steven. Uh, maybe about some of his movies that don't do quite as well as mine. 
um, sort of like the straight to DVD stuff. You know, we might uh, smash two beers together and pour them all over our bodies uh, and just sort of see what the mic picks up there. You know, there, it, it, endless, endless things we could do. Maybe I could, you know, have a guest every now and then. But, uh, you know, I think joshing around, wrestling around, you know, if things escalate from there, okay. If not, whatever. If so, cool. Uh, and just again, see what the mic picks up. You know, it's, this is this is a life. This is this is uh, what people want. Hey, I gotta say, what I'm hearing from you right now, I rate podcasts on Podcast Wonderful. Sounds mm-hmm. like an across the board ten. <laughs> oh, thanks. That really means a lot. You know, and if I can put up a ten and maybe make sure that you can't podcast anymore, that uh, could be the best. That might just be the best. Well, I'll tell you what I, I promise what I'll do is when you make this podcast with your buddy Triple H, I, that oh, is no, what we're that, talking no, about. No, right? I, I'll do this with Steve. Oh, with Steve, yeah. of course. Sorry. Yeah. Which one is Steve? Uh, Steve, you probably know him as uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he's nothing like oh, that. He's. Uh, I see. Well, doesn't he already have a podcast? <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna do two now. He's gonna oh, do okay. he's gonna do his where he interviews wrestlers that aren't me, uh, and then he's gonna do mine where he and I toy around. I don't know what are we gonna call it. <laughs> okay, uh, so once close you- the doors, turn off the lights, close the blinds, lock me and Steve in a room, uh, no fans, sweaty as hell, just seeing what happens, pouring some beers on each other, some nice Belgians. That's the plan. So that's two, that's two podcasts for Steve. One for me, two total podcasts, and those should be the only two. And probably Steve will want to cancel his other one once this starts up. Oh, once we start getting what'll rolling. Be the point, I mean, yeah. what'll be the point of doing the other one? He could kind of like do his podcast during mine, you know, just whatever we're doing on the side, you know, that's obviously my podcast, but then he could still, you know, have a phone conversation with Bret Hart. That's sort of just part of what we're doing. I don't mind. It's not going to distract me in any way. Okay. So one, once that happens, I'm going to do one episode rating your new podcast and then I'm going to close up shop. It's going to be over. You know what? I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm going to let that happen. The rock says that's allowed to happen. (laughs) So uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we talk about the podcast? Uh, I definitely wanted to jump into this podcast that will soon not be around anymore. I'm Dwayne Johnson. All mortals bow before me. The jabroni beating, pie eating, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, uh, son of a gun. Let's talk about the podcast. If you smell what I'm cooking. I think I do smell that. So my friend James Buckland couldn't be here today. If you listen to the next part of the podcast, you'll hear me make some jokes about him having diarrhea. However, I've just spent the last three hours on the phone with his publicist, and she insists that I let you folks know that I was just joking. James Buckland didn't have diarrhea, and indeed has never had diarrhea in his life. According to his publicist, it's possible James Buckland has never defecated at all. I was only kidding. James was busy that day putting out several orphan fires started by a terrible orphanage arsonist. However, I had to leave that part in because you folks know I never edit these podcasts whatsoever. If you'd like to get a hold of James, though, you can reach him on Twitter at at JamesBucklin316. He has a great podcast you can listen to called Hamslides, so search for that on iTunes or go to hamslides.libsign.com. His Twitter for the podcast is at 2bozos. All my contact garbage can be found in the show's description. Get ready to laugh, because here comes the second half. I'm sorry for saying that. Are you tired of the rays of the sun bouncing into your house and going through the window, and it magnifies the house and creates a scorching temperature for your friends and family? Then you need to try our new dual-pane concave windows. The concavity of these windows doinks the sunlight back out into the sun and then your house will stay cool but that's not all the dual pane means it's extra thick to keep out the noise of traffic angry dogs or your neighbor that's learning to play saxophone you'll never know if he's getting better or even if he was good to begin with because you won't hear it available at California Supreme Windows, minutes from the 405. So this week, Dwayne and I are talking about with special guest Lauren Lapkiss, featuring Joe Winger and Lauren Lapkiss. This is a podcast where Lauren has different people onto the show, but they play the part of the host. They come up with what the podcast is going to be, 
what their character is and as well as what Lauren's character is going to be. And she has no idea what it's going to be until they say, you know, this is whoever and this is what they do. So it's a really interesting setup for a way to do a podcast. And I think uh, it's a little spotty quality wise, I hate to say, but the ones that are great, knock it out of the park. Even the ones that are maybe not 100% are still worth listening to in a good time. Yeah, I'll keep rolling with the baseball references and say that they're hit or miss. Uh, there have been a few that uh, have just uh, have been barely uh, eliciting laughs from me. Um, but then there were there was the uh, Tom Likas with James Adomian. That was like the greatest podcast I've ever heard. Um, the uh, <laughs> Thank God It's the Gardens of the Galaxy original soundtrack is another favorite of mine. So when they're good, they're good. Uh, when they're bad, they're bad. This one I liked. And like you said, yeah, this one was one of the best. Really good. Yeah, you could really hear uh, the room uh, enjoying themselves. I think her and Joe must have worked together a lot because they seem to really just roll with each other and uh, they were cracking each other up. It was fun to listen to. And Joe did a great job of coming up with a character for each of them. And you could tell how... (laughs) how surprised she was by what she had to do. And as she was listening to him set things up, she was just cracking up in the background. Yeah. She gets that, um, the laugh where you're just kind of like going, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. You can sort of of hear that. But yeah, I liked, uh, so they're, I mean, let's get into it. They're, they're talking about windows. That's the whole fucking thing. It's just windows. Yep. They talk about, all kinds of windows, the windows in your house, uh, your glasses count as windows. Uh, but whatever you do, please do not uh, mention windows and doors. They don't do doors. They don't do doors. Yeah. And they're very adamant about that. They will get very angry at you if you bring it up. Although at the end, I don't know, no spoilers, but that might be changing. Right. At first, they they, they feel that uh, everyone who does doors is what I would call a Rudy Pooh candy ass. Um, uh, but at the end, maybe they don't think they're such jabronis after all. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, let me just say as a guy in the business of listening to podcasts and, you know, recommending them to people, telling them which ones they should go check out. Uh, I got to say, it's kind of a pain in the neck. None of the episodes are numbered. <laughs> uh, so I can't, it's hard to tell you which one this, this one is just go look for Joe Winger, I guess. And it's the one about windows. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. Now, have they have they started putting the name of the guest on all of them? Because I know when it first started, they weren't doing that. So it's a little inconsistent, maybe. Or oh no, I'm I'm looking right now. It looks like they have renamed all of them to start with the guest name. It wasn't always okay. like that. That's a good move because uh, it's already a little difficult to find what you're looking for. So. Yes, at first I uh, was going through the list, and uh, there was a little inconsistency. So I raised an eyebrow, so to speak. Oh, yeah. I was confused. That's the thing you do. No, I don't know. Your eyebrow is highly mobile. Well, the people like it. uh, And uh, that's why I opened the podcast by saying, hello, people. Because I always talk to the people, you know, the Rocks people, my millions and millions of fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you raise that eyebrow, I cream my jeans, let me say. (laughs) Oh, it definitely makes the ladies cream. And the men. Just creaming all around. Which goes really great in my coffee as well. (laughs) So with special guest Lauren Lapkus, no disrespect intended to Andy Neese, but it's got one of the best theme songs in the game. I love that theme song. Yeah, at first I thought that that was her, but then I think at some point um, I learned that that was somebody else, but it sounds like her singing. So those sun-doinking dual-pane windows, (laughs) they just sounded amazing, but what is your favorite kind of window? I definitely like the moonroof window that they talked about. And I did love to hear the word doink. Uh, of course, uh, a friend of mine, Doink the Clown. Uh, a nice little homage to him that they played there. I also like windows that uh, let people see me. So any rock adjacent window, always a favorite of mine. That's funny because I was going to say kind of the opposite. I was going to say um, the reflective lenses on a pair of aviators. That's <laughs> one of my favorite kind of windows. I do like that kind of window and I wear a lot of aviators and, you know, wouldn't you love to see what I'm looking at? Right. Exactly. Nobody can tell where your eyes are. You can be staring at all the butts and eyebrows and everything you want to. 
nobody is any the wiser. Yes, uh, I, I am very into eyebrows because it was so centric to my early career. Um, just about any eyebrow on any person just gets me as hard as a well a rock, Greggy. <laughs> so did the, did the directors on the set ever like, come on, Dwayne, just do the eyebrow for just one time. Just look in the camera, do the eyebrow, and uh, we'll move on. Well, no bullshit. They made me do a rock bottom in Furious 7. It just happens very early in the film. Not the only time they, the a director has insisted that I do that. Or maybe I insisted. I, I don't know. But, you know, yeah, sure. Every now and then, you know, and to me, the directors are everyone around me. Whatever someone tells me to do, um, I consider them a director. Uh, so, yeah, directors tell me all the time, hey, Rock, do the eyebrow. Hey, Rock, do this. Uh, and I say, first of all, you don't know me. Um, you may think you do. And if you'd like to address me, how about Mr. Johnson or Dwayne? You just think you can call me my nickname right away? It, but that's just a random director on the street uh, or like a director that's, you know, is serving me coffee or, or any type of director like that. Um, one on a movie set, usually they want to keep it clean, you know, not too many, uh, you know, joshing around references uh, like they do in those Expendables movies that I have not been asked to be in. So we didn't mention this uh, when we were doing the interview portion, but those big Johnson t-shirts you did in the 90s, that must have really uh, helped you build up a little nest egg to be able to go into all these different career paths that you've chosen over the years. Oh, yeah. The t-shirt game is where I always really, you know, that's that's one of the things I started with. Um, you know, Big Johnson, Lame Brain Dwayne, Marble Nuts. When the sun's out, uh, have your arms exposed. Uh, I've, I've had a few different variations of that one. Um, never really got there with that idea. I, I hope someone picked up where I left off and made it a little better. But yeah, you know, t-shirts are fun. And uh, yeah, Big Johnson, that's one of my favorites of all time. And, you know, it gives the idea that, um, you know, I'm a big guy and my last name is Johnson. So Darren was really good at making friends with babies. Are you good with kids? Uh, I do have one kid, uh, both in Furious 7 and my real life, because that's my real daughter. You know, I'll, I'll let the audience see for themselves uh, how good I am with that kid that I've never mentioned in any of the other films. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, she doesn't really uh, get to see me ever. I don't really remember what her name is. It, it escapes me at the moment. I'd say I'm a pretty rock star, Dad. Absolutely. And I mean, sure, you're maybe not there all the time, but... If she wants to be with her dad, all she has to do is turn on the TV and, you know, watch a, a movie. She could yeah. watch you in The Tooth Fairy being a, a great father to that little girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would say that all my best parenting moments have come in film. But, it, it, you know, I'm good with other people's kids, too. They love me. Uh, when I was in wrestling, they, are you kidding me? Kids would come up to me all the time, ask me to say stuff and, you know, be my friend. And, uh, you know, why do I need to be a friend with my stupid kid that I had? There's plenty of kids out there I can be friends with. That's a great point. And that's what I tell my kids every night before they go to bed. So what's the, your favorite feature for a home? Uh, custom windows, chimney for Santa Claus, or backyard for mud play? <laughs> I got to go with mud play on that one. I kind of um, knew you would. <laughs> well, I mean, mud wrestling, mud play, it's a natural uh, progression for a guy like me. But um, yes, when Joe Wenger said mud play, um, <laughs> I, I, I laughed my butt off. I do like when um, in this podcast it happens a few times uh, where it seems like Joe just cannot come up with the word that he's looking for. <laughs> uh, and then he comes up with something completely ridiculous. I, I wish I had more moments like that in my life. He can't find the word he's looking for, but that just leads to a really great uh, laugh on the show. So is it hard to find time to do blue sky puzzles while juggling your home and work responsibilities? Uh, certainly for Darren, it was. Um, so that's why I had to do most of it at work. So yeah, I think that's great multitasking. And multitasking is important in your life. I'm sure you know about that. Oh, what about absolutely. balancing podcasting and uh, being a parent? I mean, I don't see too many ways you can you know, intersect those. And just trying to make your kids be quiet while you record a podcast is super difficult. And then, you know, you get a celebrity in the house to record the thing and they just want, oh, I want an autograph. I want, you know, I want you to make me lunch, dad, all these different things. And it's oh, do your, do your kids like me? Do they, are they fans? Yes. I mean, they've seen all your movies and... Um, 
they've got posters in their rooms and stuff, but I don't think it's a good idea to have them come out and uh, say hi to you. I just thought maybe I could hang out with your kids uh, instead of my little fucking bitch daughter that I was in the way. You know, maybe I could just be friends with your your little ones. You know, that's a pretty good idea. Um, I don't have an eyebrow. I'd like to see their eyebrows. Okay. I mean, in this deal, I don't have to hang out with your daughter, do I? If you could, that'd be great. Take her off my hands for a, a little while. I, I only see her one hour a week, but if you could, you know, take care of that for me. Uh, I'm going to have to say no deal. Sorry. Dear. You're busy that day. So does your family have a business that you abandoned to become a, you know, wrestler slash actor? Well, my whole family was wrestlers, so that's tough to say. <laughs> and they yeah. were all movie stars, too. Um, and football players. So, you know, uh, yeah, we had a family business uh, and I stayed in it, you know, but that's just me. Well, that's just, I mean, that's your all American appeal. You were the, 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 oh, I came from nothing. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You came from a a lowly football slash wrestling slash movie star family and you went your way up to the top of all three of those fields. They were all mere millionaires and, you know, you know, started from the bottom. Now I'm here. What are you going to say? Exactly. So how strong are the windows in your house? Uh, Would you be able to get out if there was a fire? No, absolutely not. Um, We are on complete lockdown in the event of a fire. So we are, we are told to stay put. Now, see in my house, our windows are open all the time because uh, I'm a firm believer in, a fireplace in every room Ooh, now yeah. houses don't really come with fireplaces in every room so we just kind of build fires in the corners or my wife says make it in the middle of the room don't make it in the corner you're gonna set the house on fire is that like a feng shui or oh just for safety yeah i mean i i think it's just kind of her you know being a little bossy and trying to tell me what to do. Just another <laughs> thing she can control, isn't it? 100%. But um, so, <laughs> oh, somebody's in the other room looking in here. <laughs> <laughs> Through a window? <laughs> no, the windows are all open. Uh, of course, sorry. My philosophy is I want to be able to toast a, a hot dog in any room that I happen to be in, especially in the, in the restroom. Uh, you know, I, I tend to hang out in there a little while. I call that my throne, so to speak. Oh. <laughs> a man just wants a hot dog. When yeah. he's, uh... the, the office, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are we on the same wavelength here? Yes. You're right with me here. And now sitting, sitting on your throne <laughs> as a, maybe a game of thrones for you. Uh, is that not similar to uh to to the you know the height when you're sitting around you know campfire even on the outdoors so uh if you're already sitting there why not have a nice fire in front of you and roast a wiener so yeah we got to keep the windows open to let that smoke out i've been trying to poke holes into the ceiling uh to make you know makeshift chimneys are the is the word i'm looking for yeah all these different rooms but uh my wife kind of she poo-poos that as well. She says, no, the rain's going to come in. It's going to put out your fire. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Um, I, I hear don't be stupid like a hundred times a day, I've got to say. That's really too bad because I think you got a great idea there. Uh, chimneys in every room. It's like uh, the exhaust pipe of the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, rain's going to get in and maybe put out your fire, but that's just another opportunity to build another fire. And I'm always training for my chance to be on Survivor. As soon as I get on there, I'm going to be the first guy with fire, let me say. You've been rubbing sticks together since jump. So how many pervert windows could you find a use for around your house? Oh, boy. Well, um, you know, I have uh, 45 rooms uh, (laughs) in in, in the Rocks Mansion. And uh, I, I pretty much need a pervert window in every single one of them. No one else lives in the house. Uh, but I do have uh, at least three cardboard stand-ups of myself in every single room. In my opinion, they come to life at night when I'm not looking. Um, so the perfect windows are really just there as a precaution because uh, I know I'm going to catch them moving one of these times. And plus, that way you can like check into each room before you move into the next one, just in case of burglars or anything like that. I'm not really scared of burglars. Oh, that's um, true because you're the size of a mountain, so... Right. I'm, you know, huge and, uh, you know, I've been trained to kill and, uh, you know, my improv skills can help me in any conversation. 
and uh, you know pretty much anything that would happen in the encounter between me and say a burglar, uh, not going to go very well for the burglar. Just going to say they'll they'll doink right off me. <laughs> it's funny. My house already came with a pervert window. I didn't even realize it. Uh, we've got one right on our front door. So if any people come along and decide they want to strip down on our front porch, I've got a front row seat, baby. <laughs> and that happens. Now, uh, would you say that this is circular, this pervert window you have? Yep, it's a little circular one, uh, just the right size for your eye to fit in there. Nice. Um, and I bet the people on the other side would be none the wiser that I was looking out that window. You know what I suggest? Maybe even put, uh, you know, and not even just in Christmas time, but just put a wreath over there. You know, the type that you can still see through, but uh, maybe blocking a little bit of that uh, pervert window for the, you know, the outdoor person that's stripping down. Yep. I was also thinking of uh, just installing a stripper pole right there on the front porch. See, that's a good idea. That'll help yeah. lure people in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no one can resist a stripper pole outside someone's house. So would you say birds know more or less than we do? <laughs> Well, we could break it up. We could break it down like they do some of the things, uh, you know, and there's a lot of good points made. They at least get up to maybe seven points of why birds are smarter, right? Yep. Birds know how to eat worms. They give birth without hospitals. <laughs> exactly. They yeah. know how to lay eggs. That's another good one. And eggs is kind of like a self-contained little neonatal hospital there for them. You always hear that. Eggs are nature's hospital. <laughs> I eat like upwards of 20 hospital whites every single day. <laughs> yep. And uh, I would imagine you, you eat your fair amount of birds as well. <laughs> that, that's You're damn right there. Um, I've been really getting into dodo recently. Um, I thought those were extinct. How do you get that? Uh, I call it Brendan Frazier. He's, <laughs> he's a, a whiz with, uh, with time travel. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he and I are obviously we know it tight. All right, I'd say say hi to him for me, but I would really prefer you didn't. If you could just not mention to him that you were on the show at all, because I'm gonna have him on my voicemail. You know, just filling up the whole mailbox. No, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna tell him. I love him to death, but the kid's a doofus. Uh, he's not gonna know. He doesn't know shit. So they had so much fun on the podcast. I think we've got to play a few rounds of. Uh, what do I see through the window? The Tanners for the Winslows. I think that's a fantastic idea, Greggy. I mean, let's get right into it. Okay, so I'm a nerdy boy. I have glasses. Um, I am always looking for cheese, and I don't actually live with the people that are the uh, main characters of the show, but I'm always there. Who am I and what show? I think you're Steve Urkel from Family Matters. That's great. That's correct. Great job. Oh, whew, boy. I, I didn't know if I was going to get that one. Um, so my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, who am I and what show am I on? Um, so I host my own kid show uh, with puppets. Um, I like to do a Popeye impression. I go, and uh, I, I make a hand symbol. Um, you know, I, I do a scissors and then I don't know what I do for it. And then I point back for out, uh, and I say, cut it out. Um, who am I and what show am I on? So you're Joey Gladstone and you're on full house. Boom. Nailed it. The rock says that's correct. Okay. So this one might be a little harder. Okay. But, okay. So I'm a nerdy person, but I'm a girl and I'm the friend of the oldest daughter I don't remember her name at this moment. DJ? And, oh, DJ, that's right. And I have a crush on Uncle Jesse, I believe, if I remember correctly how the show goes. And uh, nobody in the house likes me except for DJ. Who am I? <laughs> I think you're talking about Kimmy Gibbler from Full House. Hey, great job. You hit, All right, you I have it. one more that may be really hard, and I actually don't know anything about this character besides his name. Okay. Okay, um, so I'm friends with the Winslows. Uh, I think Eddie specifically, um, my first name is the same as the first name of a guy in books that you need to find in a group of people that wears red and white. Um, and my first, middle, and last name all rhyme. <laughs> Who am I? 
Okay, so this is family matters. I got that at least. Um, I hope I'm not screwing this up, but that this is the actual character that I didn't just make up just now. I assume the first name is Waldo, but I have no idea for the rest of the uh, the answer. Okay. Stump me on this one. I think his name was Waldo Faldo Geraldo or something like oh, that. Wow, okay. Oh, no, here it is. I, I'm on IMDb. It was Waldo Geraldo Alfonso. <laughs> Great. Your... Waldo Geraldo Faldo. Sorry, that's what it is. Okay. So your knowledge of family matters far surpasses mine, Duane. Well, you know, um, I always knew I wanted to get into film and TV, so I watched every TV show ever. So it's time for the lightning round. So this is a show that is not either Full House or Family Matters, so you got to guess what it is. Right, they do this as well. So this is when it doesn't have to be those shows anymore, the lightning round. I'm, I'm the baby, and I hit the father on the head with a frying pan, and... Here, here's the the thing, the big hint for you. I'm a dinosaur. Who am I, and what show was this? Um, my first instinct was to say that you were the mama, um, but you know, no, you're you're not the mama. I, the show is dinosaurs. Great job, and the the character's name is Baby. <laughs> I think it's just the baby dinosaur. Uh-huh. So okay. do you have one of these for a lightning round for me, or are we gonna move on? Uh, no, okay, I can I can do one more. So I'm uh, I'm in my teens. I wear a Letterman's jacket. I think I remember. Um, I have sort of a reptilian version of a mohawk. <laughs> I, I probably like to skateboard and do a lot of the other stuff that Bart Simpson does. Uh, who am I? What show am I on? Okay, so this is a curveball because you brought back the same show that I was talking about. <laughs> But you're Robbie from the show Dinosaurs. Yay! So we both win, I think. Great job. That was great. That was highly successful. I'm the great one, and that was great. I I did kind of a good job, too, though, I think. You are also the great one, because the first three letters of your name start with the same thing. Thank you. Great Greggy. That's what they (laughs) always call you. People did used to call me that, and I told them to knock it off. I don't need a freaking nickname. You prefer Greggy the Great? Yeah, that's for history to decide. <laughs> so have you ever done a prank on April Fool's Day? <laughs> now, Corey, you're talking about um, one that Aaron likes to pull. He's a, a big prankster and steals people's valuables. Um, myself, uh, what I like to do is um, I will call my daughter and say, uh, you know, we have wasted so much time together that we could have spent as, you know, father and daughter. And, you know, right before she's about to come to the house, she realizes that I'm not there uh, and that I'm calling her from the set of uh, of action movie in a beautiful place. So she thinks she's uh, going to meet up and you guys are going to finally reconnect and right. have a great just connect for the first time, really. <laughs> and then it's like, psych, April Fools. Yeah, later. I'm gone. I'm sipping girly drinks on the beach, bitch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. Uh, so the last two years, I've really gotten my kids good. I pranked them hard. Um, the first time I said, you know, I, I'm shooting blanks downstairs. Uh, all three of you are adopted. I actually forged papers that uh, said that that was the case. And <laughs> on the papers, I put that their real father was a prince in a faraway land and that uh, they were going to become the next in line to uh, become the kings or whatever. So you know, April 2nd, when they found out that wasn't the case, boy, were their faces red. Yeah, that, that must have been hilarious. <laughs> and uh, a, a suggestion for the next time that you pull this prank, uh, also say that their father, the prince, is in terrible financial trouble and he needs them to send them $20,000. <laughs> That's a good idea. I, d- I don't think they have any money because I don't let them have any, but that would be great. And then also... I'd say, you know, but whatever you can give him is going to come back to you tenfold. <laughs> so then, the, you know, those quarters they've been hiding, you know, deep in their pockets or whatever will come out. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I see you're not new to the game. <laughs> and then this year, what I did was I had a friend of mine call my phone while my wife was at the grocery store. And I said, oh, my God, your mother, she's been killed in a car accident. 
And oh my God, they fell for a hook, line, and sinker. She comes home, she's alive, right? Oh yeah, yeah, she was alive. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what that works better, I think. And it was kind of a prank on her too, because uh, she gets home, the kids are just a mess. They're crying everywhere. Right. There's, you know, these tears and snot and everything she's all over. She's got to pick place. up the pieces. <laughs> exactly. Then they see parenting. Mom. These kids are traumatized. Jesus. They, they thought mom was a ghost for two weeks. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was a good one. And uh, that's something we're going to be talking about for years to come um, in our family therapy and just around the house. The last one of their segments we tried our hands at was a uh, super successful. So mm-hmm. what do you think about giving a try to uh, doing a Help Me Rhonda? The Rock says that's a great idea, Greggy. Okay, so these questions are going to sound very familiar because they're the exact ones that were on the show. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Lane 500 Superfast asks, got a new job and I want to make everyone think I'm cool. How should I do that? Smoke cigarettes. 120s, I would say. Those the are the longer longest. the better. That's what that's what I say. Just get out some like electrical tape and <laughs> just tape them together until. <laughs> I mean, you don't want them to bend too far because that starts to look a little lame. But if you can just get it out like three feet or so, you know what else looks really cool is that vaping that people are doing now. I love the vape. I vape myself. You look like uh, James Dean from the future. <laughs> Well, yeah, and um, you also can, like, fake people out with, like, the blue light that mm-hmm. comes up. They'll be like, oh, shit, the cops are coming. But then after they see that it's just blue over and over again and there's no red, they'll be like, oh, it's not the cops. Someone's just vaping. And then also squares and, like, restaurants and stuff. They'll see you pull this thing out. It looks kind of like a cigarette. You take a little puff on it, and then they'll go, hey, uh, whoa, no whoa, smoking whoa. inside. Yeah. You know, like, you just blow that water vapor right in their face, and you're like, Take that, bitch. This is a vape. Yeah, fucking chill. Yeah, I'm on an airplane, and I'm going to vape, dude. You ain't (laughs) stopping me. I got to get my fix. So let's see. Uh, Segment Freud asks, just got a grease stain on my brand new Jinko jeans. What what do I do? Uh, Cut them up. Cut the the places where the stains are. Another thing you want to be cool? Put some holes in your pants, bread. You could make cutoffs, too. Like, the higher up, the better especially if your pockets kind of hang out the bottom. That's a really sexy look. Yeah, if you have a question right now, Greggy, and it's who wears short shorts, uh, it's Dwayne wears short shorts is the answer. Uh, Can't get enough of them. I I was kind of wondering, um, who has two thumbs and wears really short shorts? Uh, First guess, Greggy. Second guess, Dwayne. Yeah, I was going to say it's this guy. Um, and I'm you, you can't see because this is a podcast, but I am holding my thumbs up and pointing at myself. But my perfect pair of shorts for the summer would be just the belt loop with the pockets hanging off the side <laughs> and just cut all the rest of the jeans off. Um, I guess you would still have to have the zipper so you could pee, but uh, then I would wear my usual Speedos underneath. And that's the best possible look, I think. Yeah, uh, Greggy, who has two thumbs and loves that idea? Hmm. Sun's out, thumbs out, this guy. Oh, okay, great. You're so supportive of me, Dwayne. I like every idea you've had on this whole podcast, except the idea of continuing to do one. I I appreciate that. So Sko asks, my girl just turned six. Should I love her more than my seven-year-old son? I hate odd numbers. I hate them both. Okay, so I've got to take issue to what you just said right now. Being a father is one of the most important things in the world. And especially letting people know that you're a great father is super important. And so you just want to get get it out there. I love my kids. They're so great. Spend every waking moment on the Facebook, on the Twitter, (laughs) talking about fathering talking about being a parent this could also go for women i think uh they maybe not talk about fathering but mothering maybe well yeah i mean if you if you love your kids if you don't tell everybody on facebook how's anyone gonna know exactly and then specifically uh, say i love my kids i don't think anyone's just gonna assume that you know hold a baby and do some selfies that kind of thing it's awesome 
And people love babies too. So likes and faves are going to be coming pouring in if you post those babies. Oh yeah, they're like magnets. So um, six and seven is a little old for uh, those faves. So I would say maybe like scrap those two, start over, get yourself a baby, then get them up to about four or so, and then just start it over again. Yeah, these these kids that uh, the tweeter is describing are embarrassingly past their prime. Uh, it's just a shit show there. Uh, get a, get a couple new ones if you're if I mean if if it's like inflate or if it's likes you want, you're gonna get them with a younger kid. Exactly, and twins. People love twins. Yeah, I know. And if they could wear matching outfits, forget about it. Maybe dress so them both up like me. You can paint little eyebrows going up on them. They'd be adorable. So Hamburger Sandwich asks, what's the best way to make sure an apartment stays, stays clean and tidy? Um, I, I might need you to repeat that. What's that? A apartment? Apartment. What's the best way to make sure an apartment stays clean and tidy? It's kind of like um, an apartment is like, it's kind of like a mansion, but uh, with only maybe two or three rooms instead of, you know, 50 plus. Where is the gym? There might be a gym that you share with uh, say two or three hundred other people that live in the area. Gross. Uh, you know, if you have a swimming pool, that'll be shared as well. Oof, that sounds kind terrible. Park your car like right out front and uh, maybe there's a parking lot. If you're lucky, there might be a little covering for your one car. Boy, um, best way to keep one of those clean is move out. It sounds terrible. Another good idea would be to keep your apartment, but then just live in a mansion. And uh, that way your apartment will stay clean all the time because you're never there. And it'll be nice and clean and tidy. Yeah, and send the cleaners from your mansion over the apartment. Say, I'm not going to come here, but just keep it clean. Because, you know, I, I, I... I suggested this one time on Twitter and uh, now I got to kind of, you know, hold up that end of the bargain. Okay. So great. I think we helped all three of those, uh, four of those people. Hopefully they will come and listen to podcasts are wonderful to hear the <laughs> alternate advice that they didn't get because they did get some advice already on with special guest Lauren Lapkus. Okay. So that takes us to the end of my notes that I prepared. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about about with special guest Lauren Lapkus before we get to the ratings? Um, no, I just, I just want to say that uh, I want to thank both of these fine podcasters for, for putting this bit of content out. Um, I will be finding a way to capture the audio file, put my own voice on it and, uh, and post it back onto iTunes. But uh, for now, enjoy this iteration of the podcast, everyone. Okay, so we're going to do the ratings now. Uh, would you like to hear the ratings song that Andy was made for us? Obviously. We all know podcasts are the best, so let's rate this show from 1 to 10. But don't go too low when you rate, my friend, because then one before wouldn't make much sense. It's On podcasts are wonderful. We have a very special rating system. The rating system goes from one to 10, where one is the worst and 10 is the best. However, I love podcasts. I assume my guests love podcasts. Making podcasts is a labor of love, uh, much like how you want people to think about you are with your children. That's how podcasters really are with their podcasts. So if you rated a podcast lower than an eight, that's like, slapping someone's child in the right, face. Right, that you don't like podcasts. And you don't like children as well. So well, I don't. Let's, let's, well, let's, <laughs> you don't want people to know that you don't like children. True. So we'll stick with the eights, nines, and tens. So what would you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, give uh, with special guest Lauren Lapkus featuring Joe Winger and Lauren Lapkus? Uh, I think this is one of the best episodes of this series of podcasts. I don't think it is the best. I think that's the uh, James Adomian episode. So I would say that that one's the 10. So this one, I'm going to give a very strong 9.5. Okay, great. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 just because great. I, I'm i not saying it is the best one out of the, the whole series. I actually have 
uh, a perf a personal favorite that maybe isn't the same one that other people have. I really love the one with, so my personal favorite is the one with Candy Lawrence, the Candy Lawrence show. For some reason, like <laughs> her being in love with this prop comic, uh, it just cracked me up. It, it struck my funny bone in a particularly uh, big way. And I just giggled the whole time I was listening to this thing. So that's my number one favorite. But there are so many really good episodes of it. Uh, the one with Sean and Hayes from Hollywood Handbook. Obviously. Uh, James Adomian, like you said. The Nick Kroll yeah. one that just came out was good with the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Nick Kroll one was amazing. <laughs> the very first one with uh, Paul F. Tompkins was really good as well. Yeah. And, yeah, so there's just a ton of really good episodes. Uh, a few not-so-great episodes. But I'm going to give it a 10 because I think it's worth listening to every week, even though uh, maybe it won't knock it out of the park. I think you'll still have a pretty good time. Yeah, and this was a very good episode. And hey, if you if you just pulled a nine point five and a ten, uh, if you're Lauren Lapkus, I don't think you're too upset right now. Absolutely. So, Dwayne, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap it up tonight? Uh, before I start my podcast, I am going to do one other podcast. Um, it's called Haim Slides. It's these two. I don't know two dumb morons i don't know is that the right word is there another word that's close to that that i uh... i think i think they prefer bozos actually ah that you know what that's the perfect way to describe them um so yeah i, I would say go to itunes look up haim slides um like Corey haim and then the word slides and uh i'm gonna be on that soon so definitely listen to that episode you can listen to the other episodes or not it's it's up that's up to you i don't care that's a weird coincidence because i was supposed to have that guy james buckland that is on that show oh, for real? on the podcast this week, but he had like a uh, super bad diarrhea, I guess. And he was not able to make it on the show. So yeah, I had to call you up. That's why I called you up at the last minute. I said, oh, was the first you got to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know that jabroni a little bit and he fucking loves Chipotle. So I'm sure he's shooting that out of his asshole right now. <laughs> I'm sure that is what's happening. <laughs> So, like I said, thank you so much for being on the show, Dwayne. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. This has been a real thrill. And we're going to ride it on out to the beautiful sounds of White Clutch John. I got Dang, a pocket full of matter. cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter if you listen I to that or not. I just won the bingo, bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. Because if you ain't sharing, people ain't caring. Come up in the hood and they take everything you're wearing. Back in the days, it was all about the clubs. And so-called thugs used to dance the break for love. The girls, they wouldn't say hey unless you bought a champagne like it was their birthday. Me, I used to stand outside, hustling my way. And I'm on the guest list plus five.